and welcome to The Stream Feeds, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is an Oregonian goddess of sacrifice, Mars! Hello! <laughs> hey, Mars! How are Hi. you? I am doing good. We just got a lot of snow in Portland. It's now all gone, because that's how Portland snow do. Is okay. It snows yet in for two days straight and then disappears overnight. But uh, it was fun for a minute. How yeah. Are you? Yeah. I'm good. It did not. We did get finally get some rain here, which was weird because it's been so dry for so many years. But no, no snow. We don't. I mean, I think probably I've seen snow like where I live twice in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. And when I say I see snow, like it was just cold enough that we got a few flakes that you could catch in your hands for a few minutes and then it was over. Okay. Because like, well, it's never cold enough to snow or or and rain at the same time because it's warm here. Usually. Like it'll be cold when it rains, but it warms it up a little bit. So it always stays below that freezing. Oh. I don't know why this turned into a meteorology podcast, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> But yeah, so I've never really lived anywhere that snows, which is why someday when I do, I'm going to be very unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, given where you live and have lived, though, it kind of makes, it makes sense. I mean, remember when you were coming to visit and it was April and I had to remind you to bring a raincoat? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I'm also like such a, I was such a feral child. I never remember to bring a jacket. I never remember anything. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) And I mean, it is really cool to see snow, you know, around where I live. Just like that quiet that happens for some reason. Everything just seems quieter when it's snowy. I love watching it snow. I'm a little bummed that it disappeared right before I have a three day weekend. I had today off. Nice. And of course, the snow disappeared right before that. Oh, it was so you gone. didn't get to play in it? Yeah, it was just ruined my work week, but then didn't hang out on the weekend when I didn't have to go anywhere and I could have just enjoyed it. Now it's just slushy and mud. Gross. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. All right. So I have a warm-up question for you. So one of the sort of key plot points in this is that someone is living in... In this case, it's, I wouldn't know, I don't know if you would call it apartments. What would you call this place where they're living? It's almost like um, like a boarding house. Yes, is that... boarding house is okay. a better way to, but I, I don't know about you, I've never lived in a boarding house. Mm-mm. So one of the scariest things about having, living in an apartment is the neighbors. <laughs> and I have definitely had some sketchy neighbors. So do you have any crazy stories of your era of living, of apartment living? I, I mean... <sighs> I think everybody who's ever lived in an apartment has had multiple strange neighbors. I lived in an apartment once that across the breezeway. I have no idea. I never saw these people come and go. I have no idea what they looked like. I have in my mind a picture that I've created that's probably highly inaccurate. But day and night, they would play that, oh my God, I can't even, like that polka tuba music. So oh God. Oh day, my God. <laughs> I could hear across the breezeway. This was one of those apartment complexes where it didn't have interior hallways. It was just, your door was outside, but like it was the breezeways in between. All day across the breezeway. And all day to the point where the cops would come to my apartment and knock and be like, we've been knocking on this door because of a noise complaint for like half an hour do you know these people? I'm like, I honestly have never seen them. For all I know, a family of tubas lives over there because I've never seen... A family of tubas! (laughs) I've never seen humans come in and out. It is a... 
it is a Disney cartoon parade float in there for all I know. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it was so bizarre, but, and I was living in this area. Uh, it was in one of the exterior Portland neighborhoods that now is nice. But at the time, it was where 20-year-olds live because that's what you afford. And so it was a little bit of a strange area. There was one night where the cops came to my door because someone had reported someone running around wearing a ghost face mask and popping into people's windows. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so they were like, we were just wondering if you've seen anything. And I was like, I have not. And they were like, okay, well, you know, just a tip. Keep your doors locked and uh, close your windows. We don't think he's dangerous, but um, there is definitely... There's definitely someone running around and looking into people's windows while wearing a ghost face mask. I'm sure it was some dumb high school kid or whatever, but it was like, yep, I will certainly be locking all of these doors. See, this is the tricky thing, though. If you want to be a masked killer, you should wear one of those masks because people will be like, that's from the movie. So this is someone who's trying to scare me instead of being someone who's actually dangerous. Oh, yeah. So it would actually kind of disarm you and then stab, stab, stab. Not that I'm giving people tips out there. (laughs) Would-be stabbers, do not take this advice. (laughs) But And this apartment, I didn't realize I was going to be revisiting this apartment tonight. Wow, I have a lot of feelings. Mm. This apartment was a ground floor apartment. It had a sliding glass door and a little slab of concrete. So you had this porch, except for it was not fenced in and it was about three feet away from the parking lot. So it was right there, right? Super accessible to the world. And so as a precaution, we took a broomstick and cut off the broom part so that we had something that we could lay in the runner of the sliding glass door when we weren't home so that it was extra locked, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were very concerned about having a sliding glass door on the ground level facing the parking lot and the sidewalk and all this stuff. There were a few times where we actually found people sitting on our porch because they didn't realize it wasn't just a common area, you know? But one time we were out on this porch, it was nighttime. And we had gone out through the sliding glass door. And so when we were home, the, the broomstick pole would sit leaning up against the wall. We close the sliding glass door. Broomstick falls down, locks the sliding glass door. Front door is oh, no. locked. Oh, no. So we're just standing outside like, well, fuck, what do we do? And then we look inside. Little tiny baby Hellbeast is sitting there, starts batting at a candle. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. My cat's going to catch on fire. (laughs) So we basically I was like just panicking at this point. And so what we ended up doing is my roommate at the time, she was like, I think I left my window cracked. So she we're not wearing shoes. She runs around the side of the building like but like this ghost face person, probably, except for without the mask, <laughs> pulls her screen out of her window, somehow boosts herself up into this window, which is like, I mean, that had to have been a full pull up, which I'm impressed by because I can't yeah. do a full pull up. Did a full pull up, tumbled into her room, and all of a sudden I just see her rotting into the living room and the cat runs and she picks up the candle, and she opens the door and then she's like, we're fully moving the pole from the lawn. And I was like, agree. <laughs> Oh my god. I, I This isn't an apartment, but I remember one time when I was breaking into the trailer that I used to live in. So I had this roommate. Someday you'll meet my former roommate slash still good friend, Cy, who is, you know, some people just attract chaos. He's one of those people. There's oh, Anytime you see him, something insane has happened to him. So living with him meant a lot of weird things happened to me. But there was one time where I had left, walked out the door, Locked the door on my way out, you know, turned the little thing and locked it behind me. And as soon as the door closed, I was like, fuck, my keys are inside. I went around to the other side of the trailer (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, I climbed up and looked in the window and I could see across the, the you know, across the trailer. <sighs> so not very far on the table, right by the front door where I always kept him in a, in a beam of morning sunlight, my fucking <laughs> keys just sitting there. Just the universe being like, see? Both the doors are on the other side of the trailer. So I go back around. I try to jiggle the sliding door. No. The door I locked, no. Nothing's going to work. So, But I did remember while looking in the kitchen window that it was one of those windows that, you know, like you can turn. It's not just one pane of, of glass. It's multiple panes of glass that open up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And one mm-hmm. of them was broken. The bottom one was broken. And so I like went back and I looked at it. And I kind of like adjusted and I was like, oh, like holding my hands up to the window, holding my hands <laughs> up to my side, window, <laughs> side, window. And I'm like, fuck it. I got to fucking do this. Right. <laughs> so my car was there. So I was able to stand on my car to get up to the level of the window, which is great. Because oh my now, God. Now, you know, I know it's easy to break into the, if you're, if you're window sized, you can get through in there, in there pretty easily. So I get in, I work my head in, I work my boobs in, and I get my hands on either side of the, like, I'm basically, the window's over the sink. And of course, we're 19, so it's full of disgusting dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm home free. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the logistics of how do I even go from legs and ass outside, hands on the counter and over the top of these dirty dishes to inside. Because there's like nowhere to put my legs. But it doesn't really matter because my legs wouldn't go through it. So now I'm stuck. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? And I hear, good morning. (laughs) And I peek over my shoulder. (laughs) And my neighbor is standing there watering his flowers <laughs> with a full view of both of my butt cheeks. Oh my god. <laughs> and something about the humility of that moment, the humiliation that pumped through my veins, collapsed my pelvis and I slid through. Oh my god. And took like an entire thing of cutlery with me <laughs> as I fa- face planted into the kitchen floor. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, that's why I don't lock my keys in the house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that trailer, dude. Someday, someday I'll show you some pictures of the trailer. That was uh that was an era of my life. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't know. I feel warmed up. Do you feel warmed up? I do. All right, let's get into this shit. We are going to be reviewing the film No One Gets Out Alive, and this was a you pick. What made you decide on this one? It's something that I'd seen on Netflix for a while and just kind of never got around to it. And then when I mentioned it and you had said that you had seen it and mm-hmm. it really needed someone else to see it. So Nobody you could talk else about it. watched it this year. We keep track of the movies that we watched in 2021. And like, if you give it a good rating, usually someone else will watch it. Nobody else watched it. Yeah. So when he told me that and I was like, oh, well, now we and and because I, I owe you a few because you did watch Rim of the World for me. For I mean, that's worth reasons. like three, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I owe you a couple. Thank um, you. Good looking out. Good looking out. <laughs> and I know that I'm keeping that tab in my head. I'm like, well, this will get me a third of a point closer to making up for Rim of the World. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my reasoning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I, I'm very excited to talk about this tonight because I definitely want to get your your thoughts on it because I don't know. I think there's at least I think it's even if you like it, love it or like or not, I think it's interesting. So it'll be fun to talk about. 
All right. So this is No One Gets Out Alive from 2021. It was a Netflix original film directed by Santiago Mangini, who is a, I mean, he's primarily known as a visual effects artist and producer. He got his BA in film production from the Mel Hoppenheim School of Cinema in Montreal and his post-secondary degree in cinema and video from Dawson College. This is actually his directorial debut feature-wise. He's done a handful of shorts in the past, but this is his first feature film. Wow. Yeah, which I think is really interesting. It is based on a novel by Adam Neville, who you may be familiar with. He is a prolific horror author. And one of the novels that he is most known for is the novel that the film The Ritual was based on. I was going to say, isn't that the guy who wrote The Ritual? Because I just read that. Great book. I don't know, a month or two ago. Oh, so so good. good. It's so good. And here's the thing. Movie, also very good. They're different. Mm -hmm. They didn't, you know, follow the book exactly, but they're both really Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. That's similar with this as well. So the book adaptation of this doesn't have any of the stuff about undocumented workers. That was stuff that was added for the film. It was just a young woman. Oh, interesting. The other thing that this has in common with is that the creature designer for this film is the same designer for The Ritual. Okay, that tracks. Yep. That makes yep, sense. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, jeez. I don't know how much they're paying this person, but it's not enough. <laughs> right. Whatever I mean, it this is. This person has a very particular <laughs> point of view, and I am here for it. So his name is yes. Chris Redmond. And Santiago said that he was very he was very influenced by the ritual, which is why he wanted to do this Adam Neville novel and also wanted to work with Chris Redman. He really liked what David Bruckner had done with that film. And I agree because that movie is amazing. That movie's so good. Yes, yes, yes. Which is also kind of why I want to talk to you about this because we talked about the ritual previously and we both had pretty positive feelings about that. And so I thought returning to some of the same elements would be a fun conversation for the two of us. That's really kind of all I have for this background. I had more before, but I apparently can't save my notes. So too bad for me. (laughs) 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 So let's get into this. Marzi, tell me, what is this movie about? So first of all, I just want to say, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, Mm. don't listen to this first. Yeah, let's do a spoiler warning. Good call. Good call. Because holy crap, this ending comes out of... If, there, if there's something that's more left than left field, that's what <laughs> you would so find. It's so left, this. it's right at this point. <laughs> it's so left, we've gone all the way around again. And it's weird because the way the movie builds, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I know where this is coming. And then what shows up, you're like, no, nope, no, I did not. No, I, did not. Coming. I mean, it's interesting. Nice. On repeat watches, you're like, oh, all of the groundwork is here. But I feel like I missed it all the first time. Yeah, exactly. I watched it a couple of times, and that first time when we get to the yep. ending, and I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me that had that experience because I was definitely like, "Yeah, this is wild." Yeah, and it's why I, it's it was hard to tell people like how to talk people into watching this because I'm like, it's kind of a standard haunting until it's not, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> and that's what you told me when I picked it because I didn't know I like to go into mm-hmm. things as cold as possible. So I didn't know that much about it other than I'd seen it on Netflix and I was kind of interested, yeah. but I never really, you know. And so when you said that, I was like, I, I can't even interpret what my feelings are about yeah. that statement because I don't even right. know what that means. But now that I've seen it, I'm like, that is the most accurate thing you can say right. about this if movie. I, could, like, I wouldn't even have said that, but I feel like I want people to stay the course and I can see people being like, I've seen this before. 
I'm going to dip. And I'm like, but you got to stick with it. You got to hang you're, on you're, it. You're, you're, oh. you're, the whole point of this is to get you to that ending. And holy crap, when you show up at that ending. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't seen it and you don't like spoilers, or even if you do, I don't care what your opinion is on this at this point, don't spoil it because this yeah. one's it's worth the it. Whole, the fun of it is the surprise. So yeah, I yes. agree. I totally yes. agree. Okay, sorry. So, Thank you for reminding me about the spoiler no. warning. That is very important, especially with a twisty twister like this one. Yeah, this one, I wanted to make it a point of saying don't spoil this because it's yeah, worth it. So, so worth it. it. Okay. So, like you said, a lot of this movie does feel like your standard haunted artifact, ancient curse kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Particularly in the beginning when we get old vintage home video footage of an, archeolo- or an archaeologist at a dig site in mm-hmm. Mexico and We kind of get all that standard getting off the plane and we're starting to dig. And then we get footage of him and his wife in this stone box that they pulled up out of the ground. And so, again, per standard movie, you're like, well, that thing's that thing's full of monsters. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yep. And because there's ominous music playing. So it feels, you know, we're like, okay. All right. right. I'm going to this is going to be my theme throughout this movie is all the parts where you're like, yep. Until you get to the point where it's like, whoa, nope. and then that <laughs> happens, and then you and see then that. that. <laughs> 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 so post this intro, we we get a scene of a woman who's in a room, and what we will learn is this boarding house that our main character rents a room in. And she's on the phone with her brother, and she's having a conversation about wanting to come home and make up with her dad and fix family stuff, and she's very upset, and the power goes mm-hmm. out. And simultaneously, her cell phone cuts out, which at the again, the first time I watched this, I was just sort of like, "Ooh, yeah, spooky doings. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, wait, why would her cell phone cut out unless, oh, spooky doings? I mean, it's pretty standard haunting stuff, but fairly decently well done, I think, at this point, because it's just the glowing eyes, which always are effective. But they're not groundbreaking, but effective. No. Yeah. So a lot of spooky doings happen. You know, she things are moving around and appearing where they're not supposed to be. The stone box ends up at the end of this hallway and she's she glances away because she's distracted by a moth, which will be a reoccurring mm-hmm. theme. And then when she looks back down, the, the stone box has appeared. And then we cut back to her. See, again, glowing eyes, not groundbreaking. Super, super yes. creepy. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's like, an effectively done haunting scene for sure. Yeah, and this doesn't happen to me a lot, but I was watching when we cut back and Glowy Eyes Woman is behind our, you know, this living woman. I actually went, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's a decent jump scare. Yeah, it's full crafted scare. It's yeah. good. It's good. Glowy Eyes Woman is hanging out behind this this woman who was on the phone. The box moves by itself, and then the woman is grabbed from behind, and screaming happens while... I thought this was cool, too. There's that whole board of the pinned moths, like people do when they collect moths. And one of them works its way free from the pin and flies away to live his second life. It's creepy. It's It's creepy. I don't know how you come up with something like that, but it's such a Mm -hmm. good little, I don't know. It was really creepy. It's very mysterious, which a lot of times a movie can hold me just by presenting sort of mysterious things like this. And so I was like, all right, you got me. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, because it starts out with the like, oh, okay, another 
another white dude goes to a foreign mm-hmm. country and brings them a haunted artifact. But then this stuff happened. I was like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm in. And when we get later into in. this, one of the best things about this movie, in my opinion, is that it's not a case of here is this mythology from another part of the world, but none of those people are actually represented by characters. It's like all white people with, you know, a non-white mythology. Like, we love yeah. your mythology, but we're not interested in including you. This movie manages right. to avoid that, thankfully, by having a multicultural cast yeah. and someone yeah. of that particular culture, which is, you know, I, I don't know that we can do that anymore. <laughs> As a, I think we, right. we've moved past that now. You can't appropriate a culture for these things anymore. I think it's time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I And I also agree that I think it's something that was handled mm-hmm. really well in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So after this, we meet our main character, and I'm going to have to say it right now. I am going to mispronounce her name at least once. I wrote out phonetically how to say it on my paper, but I'm just concerned I'm going to mispronounce it. So I believe it's Ambar. It's Ambar. Ambar. Like Ambar. 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 To me, it reminds me of that. Remember that time I was taking a nap and there was those people having a fight outside and then the police came and drew their guns on them? Do you remember this? Do you not know this story? Okay, so I was taking a nap, as I am wont to do, because I'm a grown-up. <laughs> then I had apple juice and graham crackers. No, um, no but I was... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a lovely afternoon, great, right? if you're asking me. And the, well, not this afternoon, because I, I was awoken to screaming and shouting out in front of my house. And there was a couple who appear to enjoy um, illicit substances. Having a full knockdown drag-out fight in front of my house and screaming... Until three cop cars came screeching up the street onto the sidewalk and pulled guns. It was fucking terrifying. I thought I was going to see people die. Holy and shit. I was like, not down for that. But the reason it reminds me of this is because the woman's name was Amber. <laughs> and all I heard was, Amber! Amber! <laughs> and then when they put his ass in the back of the cop car, <laughs> he was shouting, Amber! Tell my parents to walk my dog, Emma. Oh my god! <laughs> so that is what I was thinking because of the spelling is A M B A R. I'll never forget oh, it no. because of the incident with Ambar in front of my house. Oh, I'm tired, so I'm going to be just full of weird non sequiturs tonight. Let's just put that out there right from the jump. Ambar. <laughs> So this is where we meet Ambar. 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 And we meet her, unfortunately, inside the back of a truck, shipping container kind of situation, because she's smuggling herself into, of all places, Cleveland. Yeah. Talk about culture shock, right? Yeah. Also, quite Mm -hmm. a distance. This movie is so cold, too. You really feel that winter when you're watching it. Yeah. So she's, she's gotten herself into the u.s illegally uh and she rents a room at a hotel or a motel or whatever but after a couple of weeks she's told that she can only keep staying there if she provides an id which she doesn't have so she keeps you know doing the no 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 i'll i'll, I'll have it i'll have it but she ends up having to leave she's working at a clothing manufacturing plant basically mm-hmm. and it's while she's there that she finds a flyer uh advertising this boarding house that rents rooms to women only so she Danger. Danger. Yeah. Red flag. Red flag. 
there's a part of me that like it's a it's a half mast red flag to see women mm-hmm. only, but it's a full flag and a half when you show up and the person who stated women only right. is a dude. Right. If it's like an older like, woman who's running a boarding house, that's sort of like a classic setup. But when yeah, when right. it's you know when it's this dude, when it's red <laughs> when it's red I, yeah when it's a dude named red i'm like oh you know what i actually think i'm at the wrong address my mm-hmm. apologies mm-hmm. have a good day but she shows up for this you know because of this flyer and the landlord red rents her a room and he tells her that there's only one other tenant at the time and it's a woman named freya who doesn't speak mm-hmm. english this is important yeah it's, this movie actually subtly says a lot of stuff about ways that undocumented people are exploited because you see it in the workforce and you see it in the way that she against her better judgment has to take this house out of just necessity and how vulnerable this whole situation makes her Mm. yeah and i mean she's not a dumb person you know and so you know she's aware of the level of danger but she's like i have no options this is it's this this or the streets of cleveland in winter and winter yeah Mm. yeah so that night, Ambar is listening to, she's listening to a voicemail that she has saved on her phone of her mom when she hears someone crying. So, and this made me super mm. uncomfortable because I've had similar scenarios, not, ma- okay, so like the story being that there was a time where we, ha- I was living in this two-story townhouse and the pipes in between the second and first floor leaked and my landlord, who is just a a gem of a lady <laughs> who used to wear a XXL, even though she herself was not an XXL. She would wear the super large t-shirts with Looney Tune characters dressed like bikers. I mean, you want to talk you know? about red flags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so it leaked through the ceiling and the, the, you know, the drywall started to sag because it was just soaking up water. And so we complained. And after several weeks, she sent maintenance crew who just cut out the drywall, put in new drywall and left. And we were like, well, that's, that's not going to last like clearly. So it happened a couple more times and eventually they cut out the drywall and we were like, are you going to fix the pipe? And they're like, Oh, did you want us to? And like, no, no, no. Cause this is super fun where you guys keep showing up every nine days to cut a hole in the ceiling. I'm loving this. I, I mean, really like, are you married? Cause I just can't get enough of you. And so, <laughs> so eventually they were like, yeah, we'll fix the pipe, but we have to come back. So they left a hole in our ceiling for six weeks. And it was, and luckily our neighbors that we shared that wall with were friends of ours, but it meant that we could oh, so no. clearly hear oh, each other no. that it was like we were in the it same just became room. became a little like sound tunnel. Yeah, the ceiling was cut open in our kitchen mm-hmm. that was, you know, connected to the living room. We'd be having a conversation. All of a sudden, we hear one of the guys on their side be like, I agree with Myra. <laughs> like, Dang it. Good thing you guys got so along. This happened, that could have gotten really yeah. freaking creepy. <laughs> yeah. We hung out all the time. So very rarely were we ever like, we were usually in someone's apartment altogether hanging okay. out. So it was okay. But this reminded me of that because Ambar hears someone crying and she's got just a fucking open grate in her floor that looks directly into the room below hers. And I'm like, what is the function of this anyway? But that would make me so uncomfortable. If I had a grate in my ceiling that was just an open visual pathway from the apartment above mine Uh into mine. So uncomfortable. Hated this. This made me so uncomfortable. Or even if there's one in my floor. Where the the room below mine could look up into my mm-hmm. apartment. 
oh, so uncomfortable. But anyway, that's not the point. She looks down into this grate and she sees a woman crying. And then she like kind of does, oh, no, no, sorry. Didn't see me. I'm like, yep, that would have been me. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I'm nosy. I wouldn't look, but I would definitely listen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, looking is now that's a violation, but you're hustling. Well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I would be sitting just out of visual range of that grate being like, get on the phone. Because you didn't have a TV or nothing. Yeah. like (laughs) Because that's the point. Sorry. Sorry. I'm derailing. I know. (laughs) Uh, So then we get some flashbacks that show Amber visiting her mother in the hospital. And her mom, you know, I thought this was really cool. So she's having a memory of where she's got her head in her mom's lap and her mom's stroking her hair and they're having a conversation. And we're kind of getting the the feeling that this is where that voice, you know, this part of her life is where the saved voicemail is from. But that moment when it bridges the gap between her dream and reality Mm -hmm. where she's thinking about her mom touching her or brushing her or, you know, smoothing her hair. And then she's, we cut to the scene where she's in bed and her mom's hands are just pulling away from her hair. Oh, thought that there's was some so really cool. cool visual moments in this movie. I mean, there's one there in particular, are. but we'll get there. But I mean, along the way, <sighs> I do love the way it kind of the transitions between memory and reality because thematically, that really does kind of lead you to where you're going. Ultimately, it's really mm-hmm. smart that these they look like cool visual moments, but as a cohesive kind of it, it actually thematically is all connected. Pretty cool. What I liked about this one, and because there's one that happens later that's, that is like, ooh, spooky mm-hmm. doings. But this one, she's not startled by it. And I think it was a really cool way to visually represent waking up yeah. from a dream. Yeah. That lingering, this is still real mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And so it didn't scare her. She didn't like roll over like, what the fuck? It was, you know, waking up from a dream, but like a visual representation. I thought that was, I thought it was really effective and really cool and smart. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Yeah, me too. A lot. So when Amber's leaving her room the next day, she discovers this white dust on her door important mm-hmm. later and this is also where it's not the first time we're getting this effect but it's kind of the first time that we're it's attention is being drawn to it the effect of the lights flickering yeah. on and off for certain reasons mm-hmm. that will become apparent later but on our way out she runs into freya who speaks pretty good english right so it's clear that red is lying to her to isolate them from one another which is mm-hmm. again another red flag also, yeah. he's played by Mark Menchaca, who is an amazing actor, but is always the bad guy. <laughs> he's always... Yeah. Did you watch The Outsider? This, oh, no. he's fucking terrifying at it. He's so great. He's great in that. He was great in Alone. Did you see Alone? Oh, it's was- a woman who's driving... I think it's in Oregon, driving through Oregon, and she meets him on the road, and then he follows her. Oh, he's so scary in that one. But he, I really like him. And whenever I get excited when I see him because he's so good, but he is always bad news. You're in danger. I'm sure the person himself is lovely. But if you're a person in a movie and you see Mark Menchaca, run. You are in danger. <laughs> you run. Or apparently if you're on a road in Oregon. Run. Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Do not pull over. Even if he appears injured, it's a trap. Run. <laughs> and i thought i recognized him from stuff but yeah always from yeah oh. yeah i don't know that i've ever yeah. seen him be anything but a bad guy i mean i mean i always feel kind of bad for people who get pigeonholed into roles like that but at the same time like he's making it and also guy. the you know? villains he's good at what are he sometimes does. the best characters right and he's good he's really good in this movie so you know 
But the last thing about this scene that I wanted to mention was the last shot we get is it looks up into the hallway and there are just those figures just standing there mm-hmm. looking down onto the mm-hmm. landing. I think the eye effect Again, is so good in this. It's not groundbreaking stuff, but it's just so it's done so well that it's still mm-hmm. creepy. Even though it's like we've seen figures in yeah. the dark before, but like at this point you're like, this, this is was, a serviceable I mean, haunted house movie. It's good. It's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So at the factory, Ambar struggles to meet expectations she's not going fast enough and she didn't do things right her quality of her work's not great and after work her friend kinsey tells her that the price of the fake id that ambar is trying to buy went up and mm. she's trying to convince her to get you know an ohio id because that would be cheaper but ambar's wants a texas id yeah. we'll learn about it later actually in the next scene because she's then in a cab she's going out to visit her distant cousin beto and she's going to go have dinner with him and his family. But, like, this is the first time they've ever met. Because he's her mom's cousin. And this is just family that she's connecting with because she's in right. the area. And this is where we find out the whole story behind the ID. Because he set up a job interview for her. And she had told him that she was born in Texas. And he yeah. makes it a point of being like, oh, and they really want, you know, make sure you bring your ID. Because they're just real, you know, there's real sticklers mm-hmm. about it. And because she has already previously said that she was born in Texas or is from Texas, that she needs a Texas right. ID. And it apparently, and unfortunately, costs much more than an Ohio mm-hmm. ID. Also in this scene, one of those things that, you know, just seems kind of a throwaway but actually becomes important is Beto notices that she does not have a warm enough coat for a Cleveland mm-hmm. winter. And so his wife gives her one of hers that's just sitting yeah. in the closet. Oh, Beto. Yeah. And it's through this conversation where she's kind of talking about, you know, her past and how she got here and everything. And she states that she was going to go to college and and decided not to in order to stay home to take care of her mom and that she still plans on going to college. She wants to study business, things like that. She's got. Can I I just tell you how much I love Ambar? I love her. On sight. I just really, she's one of those people or those actors that has a real natural charisma. And I, I just right away was very invested in this character. Which is important, yeah, you know what I mean? It immediately gives you a lot more stakes when you give a shit about who's actually in the line of fire. Yeah. <laughs> and and I really, really like Amber. I do too. Yeah, same. And like mm-hmm. immediately too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Amber returns home, she hears like some noises and walks to the end of the hall to investigate where she discovers, as you do, a padlock on the basement door That's and scratch Another on the door great frame. sign. Another really great yeah. the scratches, especially really sell. Oh yeah, sell it. yeah. They like they were probably just moving some furniture, and you know, and then then the, the padlock's probably for the raccoon problem. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> Cleveland is known for its rabid raccoon population. Oh god, you know, and they're just so good at doorknobs and. So while she's inspecting these things, Red finds her in the hallway and. Ambar asks for her deposit back because she needs the money for the ID, and Red tells her that that money has already been spent. Yeah. yeah. So back in her room, Ambar hears Freya crying again, and she goes to check on her in a move that I don't know. I probably, I don't know. Here's the thing. Am I a bad person in that I would not have done this? There's a part of me that's like, that's their business. And if I was crying in my apartment... And my neighbor showed up to be like, you okay? I'd be like, well, fuck. I thought I was having a private moment in my home where I get to 
be upset about something and now I have my neighbors asking me what's going on. You know what I mean? It's one thing if it sounds like it's a domestic disturbance or someone's getting murdered or someone's getting beat up or someone's getting robbed. But if someone's just sad about something, I would not go over to a stranger's house and be like, you want to talk? I feel like that's way too personal. I think I probably would say something. I wouldn't. That's probably the right way to go. But I would just be like, you okay? I mean, I wouldn't push it. I would just be like, hey, you all right? I need to specify if it sounds like someone's getting hurt. That's a different course, situation. I, I mean, but, but I I'm also know. very nosy. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> what I would do is right. I'm just saying I'm putting myself in this situation. And I think it was me and I was in this boarding house and I had no connections and somebody was crying. I would probably be like, are you okay? For a couple of reasons. One, it's us girls against the world, but also, he, you know, pretty lonely. So I might, I might, I might say something. Okay, I guess in this scenario, if I believe I am one of two people in this yeah. boarding house and it's like this person also falls into my scene. I think that, yeah. We probably are concerned about the same right. stuff right now. Like she's now. clearly another undocumented person. So I feel yeah. like there's... Okay, then I guess that situation's different. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what we'd actually do in that situation. But there are times where I'm watching a movie and someone does something that breaks logic so hard that I'm like, I would no one would do that. Whereas that, I was like, yeah, I, I could see myself doing that. But that is why I don't survive the movie and you do. (laughs) (laughs) And that we're like splitting this boarding room, you know, this room in this boarding house. And you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go check on her. We're like, all right, good luck. You're like, can I have your stuff when you're dead? (laughs) I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to take your iPod and you don't come back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So anyway, the move we're talking about is that Ambar goes down to check on Freya and Freya's door is just open. And when she goes in, the apartment is empty, except for a glowy, scary, glowy eyed lady who still scary every time, (laughs) every time the glowy eyed lady shows up, I'm like, fuck. And that's going to be in my sleep paralysis nightmare. So in the kitchen, Ambar, it's heating up some water and she thinks about her mom, but then the memory changes. So she's going back to that same memory where she's visiting her mom, but then all of a sudden, like at the end, and I don't know, the woman who played her mother, the look on, the way her face changes when she's going from what's in the memory to this new addition, when she just looks up and she sees something in the corner and she just says, you know, oh, what's that? And I don't know, something about her performance here, I just, it was so Mm -hmm. good. It was such an actual scary, an actually scared look in Mm -hmm. her face. And I, I thought I really liked it. But in the the memory has now changed. Now the stone box is sitting in the corner of the room and Ambar wakes up from the nightmare, like jerks awake from what has now become yeah. a nightmare. This The box, I gotta yeah. say, is pretty creepy as it starts to kind of haunt her in this way. <gasps> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it works. It worked for me. <laughs> a lot, yes. So the next day at work, Ambar asks her boss for an advance because she, again, is trying to figure out how to pay for this ID that she needs by Friday. And her boss refuses because, you know, he's like citing the fact that she's been poor quality of her work mm-hmm. and things like that. But he offers to let her work in the packing department for the day. He's a total dick about it. And while she's working, a moth appears, which we're going to have to talk about mm-hmm. the moths at mm-hmm. the end of this because... Oh, there's the a, there's actually a very good reason for the moth. Okay. See, and I was mm-hmm. hoping there was because I didn't pick it up on my own. I was like, I know mm-hmm. Rachel's going to have this explanation. I know it. So excellent. Okay. So a moth appears and distracts her. And while she's, or it, it 
it does this cool thing where it appears in the background and then kind of floats away but then her mom's hands appear out of nowhere and slides over her shoulder and it's super fucking creepy and this one is not like gently waking up from a dream Mm -hmm. this one is the spin around and what the fuck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh it was good though and she hears her name oh yeah this is again not groundbreaking new horror moves but still effective the way they did it Mm -hmm. still really good so Ambar and Kinsey are at a bar after work and they're talking about the ID and Ambar reveals that, you know, she has this interview and she lied to Beto about being a U.S. citizen and she lied and said she was born in Texas and now she needs this ID in order to back up this lie. And Kinsey, in what, in the moment, I was like, oh, such a nice person, offers to cover whatever part of the ID that Ambar can't. And so Ambar gives her all her money. And then leaves the bar feeling pretty good about her decisions, unfortunately. Yeah. As she gives her the money, you're like, no. But I will say that the woman is incredibly convincing. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the betrayal Mm -hmm. coming at all. The fact that she was handing over all of her money made me incredibly nervous. But she was convincing enough that I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Because she is so warm and so likable. And that friendship really feels so real. But then... That's what makes her such a good con artist, right? Yeah. And you get it coming from Almar's point of view because this is her one friend. This is the one person that she's met that she's actually connected with and is being nice to her and things. And it's just another, unfortunately, just another person who's using her. And like, ugh. This, this, this aspect, I loved it because it was effective yes. emotionally, but at the same time, I hated it because it was effective yeah. emotionally. I mean, it you know? really drives home all the different ways that people who are undocumented are so vulnerable. If you don't, especially if you're somewhere where you don't have community, you know what I mean? And these Mm -hmm. are these, and that's the thing is the closest thing she has to community is someone like this woman or Freya, you know, she's on her own and even she's even isolated from the family that she has there because she's lying to them. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. So on her walk back home, and it's so sad because she's happy. She's like excited about the fact that this ID is going to come through and everything's going to work out. And the streetlights go out as she passes them. And then when she kind of just writes it off as, well, that was weird, and keeps going, that one flickers back on and it's her mom standing mm-hmm. there in the hospital gown. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so back at the boarding house, Ombar discovers that Red's brother, sure, she comes across Red's brother, who she did not and previously know. And is terrifying. Yeah, uh, mumbling to himself and just, you know, casually slamming his skull against the basement door. As you do. As you do. As you do. So she witnesses this and she goes to her room and Becker follows. And then he stands on the other side of her door and just mumbles his creepy, creepy nonsense. And then slams his hand on the door, leaving behind a white dusty Mm -hmm. handprint. This was so fucking creepy because... It was real right. world terror. We yes. talked about this in other movies where I'm like, the reason why this movie scared me is not because of visually what was happening necessarily, even though this movie visually was creepy, but because the real world implications of these are things that happen and it is terrifying. And this was one of those moments where it actually really scared me because this is shit that happens. And I couldn't imagine being on Ombar's side of the door and being like, how's mm-hmm. this going to end? It comes back to how vulnerable she is, right? What help Ugh. can she get? If you call the police, yeah. what does that mean for her? Yeah. Oh, so it's so it was so actually chilling, this movie. Sorry, I needed a little sip of my wet cloth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
This car parks outside of the boarding house and Ambar goes downstairs. And this is where we meet Maria and Petra. Or Maria. Maria and Petra. Through their conversation, it's implied that, you know, they are also also probably undocumented people in the U.S. who are doing what they need to yep. do to get by. And tonight, that involves possibly being Red's buddies. Mm. So they all leave. And, you know, now that Ambar is alone in the house, she hears the sound of a recording playing. Not like music, but speaking. So she goes to investigate in the what has been established as the off-limits study. And this room is actually such a cool room if it wasn't in such a creepy house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if someone was like, oh, uh, do you want to come to my grandparents' house for Thanksgiving? And I went over and this room was in their rich grandparents' house. I'd be like, this right, is Right, because it's like the it room just... that you only have if you have lived a life. Yeah. Yeah. This is the room you've lived when you have a full yeah. passport. Just, you know yeah, what I mean? Just like, stamps for days. Yeah, because it is floor to ceiling, just artifacts and photos of, of people in foreign places and books about things. Indiana Jones vibes for days. Oh, yes. Such a cool mm -hmm. room if a fucking ritual wasn't being played, you know, right. on a recorder that shouldn't be playing because there's no it one in this like, room. It sounds like the, so, the record they're listening to it, uh, that they find like in Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very that vibes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Also notable is that she finds, I'm making a wild assumption here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but she finds what I believe is like an ancient Mayan murder yeah, it's tool. some sort of weapon. It's some sort of ceremonial sword or something. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that, here's why I'm unsure, because I've seen it in movies about ancient Mayan culture when they use it to sacrifice people to the sun gods, but that's movies, and I'm never sure mm -hmm. how accurate that mm -hmm. is you know what i mean that's why mine is coming to mind but it's not because of actual research i did it's only because i've seen movies yeah. mm -hmm. okay okay yeah you were close so, you yeah, were in the I neighborhood so yeah so that's why i need the disclaimer of i'm gonna say some stuff that <laughs> might not be accurate because let's face it i am uneducated in this area and she also finds a whole mess of books on ritual sacrifice which is always a sign you want to find in the off-limits library and she finds the picture from our opening sequence of an archaeologist and his wife next to this stone box. Suddenly, the recording just screeches and Ambar drops the picture and it shatters the glass and she's trying to clean up and the recording is doing crazy shit and the glowy, creepy eyes lady shows up in the hallway. Still creepy mm -hmm. every time. Every single time. The next day at work, Kinsey doesn't show up. And again, I didn't Honestly, when we get through the first several times of Ambar trying to find Kinsey, I thought something bad happened oh. to Kinsey. It took me a while to believe she had done that what she had oh, done. Kinsey betrayed her. Again, I was so taken up. I like I'm like, fuck, I would have right? fallen for She's it too. She was so nice. Mm -hmm. And she tells the story about how she lives with nine of her relatives and she wanted to be a fashion designer or she wanted to have a blog or whatever. And maybe when Ambar has this job. She can help Kinsey achieve her dreams too, and all this. And I would have a hundred, especially for Ambar right? drinking, hundred percent. I would have fallen for that. And she's good. She she's knew what she good. was doing. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. I mean, all of Ambar's calls go to Kinsey's voicemail, and Amber's boss tells her that Kinsey quit that morning. And when Ambar asks for address, he won't give it to her. And when Ambar protests, he just fires her because. People are disposable. Mm -hmm. Of course. There's always going to be new people that you can exploit. There's always going to be other people willing to put up mm -hmm. with the shit. So Ambar goes home and she starts hearing these weird sounds coming out of her drain, which is 
again, it still falls into the timeline of a horror mm-hmm. movie. The fact that she was taking a shower and like, oh, okay, so it's the sounds coming out of the drain scene. You know, but still, this movie, it still yeah. had me the whole time, even though it's using it's things that mystery. show up in every it's other... mystery. It's yeah. It, you want to know. You need to know what the hell is going on. And I just was really invested in Ambar's character. And so even though it was, like, standard, yeah, there's sounds coming out of that drain. And I still was in. But then I thought this was really creepy, where she looks up and she sees Freya walking into the bathroom. But when she pulls back the shower curtain, Freya's mm-hmm. gone. And the reason why this was so effective is because it is Freya. It's not like a person. Right. And she just assumes, or like a shape, or a shadow, or something. It fully is visually right. Freya. Yeah, it's a little distorted because of the shower curtain. But yeah, no, that's Freya. And then she pulls back the curtain, and Freya's gone. So Ambar rushes out of the bathroom and physically collides into Red, who then tells her that Freya moved out a few days ago. How convenient. Which... So many red flags. If I had been Ambar and he told me like, oh yeah, no, Freya moved out a few days ago, I'd be like, where are the bodies buried, Red? <laughs> right. Right. Yes. You know, that's that vibe of, so are we, I shouldn't go poking around the yard or anything? Just curious. But then he also tells her that he's going to give her her deposit back and that he'll get her the money tomorrow. Ugh. God, so much of this movie makes me yep. Yep. But, yeah. Meanwhile. The basement door is now open, and a moth flies out and into Ambar's room, where she's listening to her mom's voicemail again. And Ambar kills the moth in such a savage way. I love her, but I would never barehand smash a bug as big as a moth. Hell no. Never. I would never barehand smash any bug, because it's icky. But definitely not one that big. I don't know. Moths don't bother me at all. As weird as I am about most bugs, moths do not bother me at all. Moths don't bother me I mean, they're like little furry, pretty, weeny guys. I love, I actually love moths. I would never kill a moth just because I think they're pretty and like they're fuzzy. Yeah, no, I like them. They're the exception to the bug rule. I mean, I like moths. I like the way bees look. I don't want one landing on me. Ladybugs are good. I'm down with ladybugs. Praying mantises I don't necessarily want them on my person, but I do enjoy looking at them and I'm glad they're around. Unlike mm-hmm. most other bugs. <laughs> yeah. But a moth, I genuinely like. If a moth is in the house, I'm like, we must rescue and get it out of the house. Right. We, we must do like a search and family. rescue. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, as we're trying to save it from the cats. <laughs> yes. You know, eaters also same. get that same kind of treatment because they're doing the Lord. I know. Work. And they're. Cre- <laughs> I know. See, that's the thing. Mosquito eaters, super creepy. Doing they're the doing the Lord's, Lord's work. work. <laughs> so i have a tangent because i saw this today and i had to tell you and i'm so sorry that i I need to hear it so i follow several channels on youtube because sometimes i just like putting youtube Mm -hmm. on in the background but i don't want random shit so sometimes i'll just put on a channel and it's whatever i don't know why i got well actually i do know why i got sucked into this channel because it's so not what you would expect i cannot wait to hear what this is i am invested oh god now it's this family of four they live on like an acre in Arizona in a suburban neighborhood, but they're trying to become fully self-sufficient. This YouTube channel has been up for years as they make these different, you know, progressions towards being self-sufficient. They farm and they have goats and they have chickens and they have like a vegetable farm and they put in solar panels. This is why you're into it because you're future planning. (laughs) Right. I think so. Because I think about why do I like this? Because this family is crazy wholesome and they're all like cutesy. And I'm like, why am I enjoying watching this? 
family that's super into like, and now we're going to do a DIY, you know, but I'm really actually interested in watching like the way they raise the goats and things they learn about the animals and the things they learn about growing. And the mom is currently on this couple of years long journey of trying to be able to grow everything from seed. So she's trying to teach herself how to collect seeds from Holy different vegetables shit. and fruits and stuff and then preserve them so that she can sprout from seeds. And I'm fascinated right. I'm, yeah. by the aspect of you plant your vegetables, you eat them, but some of them you keep for seeds that you can plant your next crop next year. I'm fascinated yeah, I mean, by it's, that. It's certainly foreign to what we're accustomed to. Yeah. That and she fully puts on full goat birth because she breeds her goats. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm fully into watching the videos where they're delivering baby goats. I don't know. I'm so invested in so many of these <laughs> things. And like, it's crazy. But so this is one of these channels, but they live in Arizona. And so one of the things that they do, just the neighborhood, is flood irrigation. So once a week, they open up, you know, like they, I mean the city, they have this four foot wide canal, concrete canal behind their house. And it runs behind every house in their neighborhood that they're adjacent to. And the process is once a week, it's filled with water, but the, the city releases water into it. And one by one, every house closes their canal so that it floods into their yard for a couple of hours. Then they open it to release the water to their neighbors. And that's Wild. how they water. Yeah. So basically, they once a week flood their lawn. It's an irrigation system that was actually developed by the Native American population of that land previous to you know modern civilization. They just adapted it to water all these neighborhoods. And so that's how they do it. So the episode that, and I've seen this before, it's a couple of years old, but I was just kind of doing other stuff. It was auto-playing in the background. And then a part happened that I did not remember. Oh, no. And it's this woman, you know, her name is Danelle. And she's like, the only thing about this that I don't love is that it's the bugs. Because when it floods, all the bugs start floating to the surface and trying to oh, find dry land. no. And I'm out. I'm did, out. <laughs> and, and they made this shot. There's a shot of the water and it's moving, but it's like slowly moving. It's not like a fast rapid or whatever. And on the surface, just <gasps> fires. Just floating no. on the surface of this water, waiting for something dry to no. latch onto. And it's just a, a river of no. spiders, a literal no. river of spiders. No, I'm out. I'm done. And that's the thing. And here's the thing is up until then, she'd been walking around in it. And it was just full of fucking spiders. She was wearing Crocs, no. you know, so so she was still getting wet. And I was like, oh, you know, that'd be kind of fun splashing around in your yard. And then she was like, the only thing I hate about it is the bugs. And then it just shows this river of spiders. It's like, horrifying. Nope, I'm out. That is a hellscape. Also, great idea for a movie. Oh, my God. It's like when you see those videos of migrating spiders. Oh. It looks like a cloud, but it's just webs of spiders. Floating wherever the wind I hate that them. part of the year when you're out going for a walk and then you're just walking through spider webs because you know that's what's happening on a, a smaller scale. And you're just yes. praying Ugh. that there's still not a spider attached to that silk that you just walked through. Oh, my God. Ugh, yes. my life. That's coming soon. Ugh. Ugh. Winter. I love you, winter. Never go. <laughs> all right so anyway i saw that today and i was like how have i never seen that shot I think you before did and oh, then you maybe like, that's what i was think like, <laughs> i think i did eternal and I sunshine of the spotless mind delete 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 I'm like i choose i choose not to remember <laughs> no. hideous dude i would move just watching them completely motionless, just floating across the surface of the water, just waiting for something. Because if that if it, it's just you, it's gonna climb you. It, you are the thing. 
You are the thing that it's found that will get it I out of the river. So yeah. So much. I've never hated anything more. And she was just walking around in this water unconcerned because for her, it's such a common thing, you know, and I feel like she's probably one of those people who's like, oh, a spider, you know, is fine and doesn't lose her absolute shit like I do. an insane person. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. A total freaking weirdo. Got it. Got it. And then ever after that, she's walking around filming and she's, I know she's walking around the water and the whole time I was like, what's crawling up your legs, Danelle? You don't even care. (laughs) You don't even care. I like that you're on a first name basis with her. <laughs> Danelle, you're so no, Danelle, no. The spiders. Danelle. Danelle, the spiders. Danelle. Walk my dog, Danelle. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get back into this. Okay, so Ambar kills the moth. Moth reappears. Okay, so then... Some real ghosty shit starts happening. Things start moving. Ambar starts seeing stuff. And she basically, she's watching the ghostly reenactment of glowy eyes woman. What looks like she is murdering a a girl. The girl's pleading for her life. And I thought this was actually really cool because we see the ghosts for a while. But then when the real struggle happens, we no longer see the ghosts. And instead, we just see the lights go off and on where the hits are happening. And in the beginning, there was a scene where Ambar's checking out the room and the bed frame is broken and Red's like, oh, I'll fix that. But then we see the ghost tumble onto the bed and that's what broke that bed frame was this struggle. And Ambar's just sort of slowly watching as this fight moves out into the hallway and down the stairs and we're only tracking it from the lights, you know, coming off and on. And I just, I thought it was a really cool way to Mm -hmm. depict this and it was effective. And like, I followed, it wasn't like I was lost in what was happening. It, it, of course, ends at the basement door, where Ambar witnesses the ghost of the girl who's going to be murdered, sitting on the floor and begging to not have this happen to her. And scary, glowy-eyes woman is standing behind Ambar, and after she witnesses the ghost of the girl being dragged into the basement, she uh, packs her shit and tries to get the hell out of there. And she calls yeah. Beto, just begging him to pick her up. And he tells her that she he's out of town visiting colleges with his son. And he tells her to call the police. And she's like, I can't do that. And then admits why. And then she asks for money for help. And Beto is sort of like, we only right. just met. I know we're family, but we've met once. And it was like a week ago, you know. And so Ambar gra- grabs her stuff. And she goes looking for Red and her deposit. But instead finds Becker. Because that's who you want. <sighs> And he says that uh, Red's out, but he'll let Red know that she's looking for him when he gets back. So then this was also one of those scary because it's reality kind of scenes where it's just Ambar trying to find a place. This is brutal. This is brutal. Yeah. Because you see what the stakes are and why, why, a lot of times you're like, why would you go back? Who goes back? No one goes back. But you see what she's up against and you're like, you could get talked into going back. Because where you you literally have nowhere else to go. And it's so scary. It's so scary. So she's wandering around trying to find a place to be that's not this boarding house. There's a scary ghost encounter mm-hmm. on the train. Mm-hmm. Super scary ghost encounter on the train. Uh, the box shows up again. And then Ambar ends up in a diner trying to keep herself awake, waiting for Red. So Red shows up. And again, you almost want to fall for it. Because he gives her this whole speech about how, you know, his brother protected him when they were kids against their dad and now he takes care of his brother now that his brother's sick and that he wanted to give ambar her deposit back but becker disagreed and now he's going to give her a deposit back anyway you know there were too many Mm -hmm. red flags 
to have made this be a, like, and I get it from her point. It's sort of she like as much as I'm money. sure she was like, but yeah. she needs that mm-hmm. money. So she's going to go back with him no matter what he says, because she needs that money, you know, and believing that it's there. And he's like, well, I didn't bring it with me. It's in your room. And you just, oh man. And you can see it on her face where she's like, I don't want to go back there. That's not a good idea. But what, are what else are you going to do? You know? So, and oh, and then when she gets in the car with him, I know nothing bad happens, but the voice in my head was like, you never get in the car. You never get in the car. But what else is she going to do? <sighs> it's just awful. So she gets in the car with him. He takes her back to the house. She goes up to her room and she's looking for that deposit. And it is, um, of course, not there. Because why right. would it be? Maria and Petra are there, though, and they're kind of hanging out. I don't know. So Amber's in her room looking for this money that Red said was there, and it's not. And now Red gets creepy. And he starts kind of giving this speech about how his dad collected artifacts and murdered his mom. And that yeah. he wishes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not good. This is the... it's... it's not a no. good preface because it's it's like... If I were in Ambar's position, I'd be like, all right, here's the thing. You're not just telling me the story because it's on your mind. This is going somewhere and I don't like it. What I love going. here is also his performance, that it, it's it's incredibly terrifying because what the content of what he's saying is so upsetting and so clear that she is in danger. But it's like an almost sad world weariness to him. Like there's a sadness and a vulnerability to Red that gives you just that, just the briefest hint of hope. Yeah, and especially with the part where he's like, I wish he hadn't called. He's giving that, you know, like, I'm implicated and have to do this, but you were almost, you were almost safe. It's gut-wrenching. Because I I believe him. It's bad. I personally think he's telling the truth. Yeah, I do too. He's lied a lot, but in that moment, he's like, why did you call me? Yeah, I, I also believe, and it's like, not shocking that he follows through with what he follows through with, but I do believe that moment where he's like, why did you call? And in the scenes that follow, you can tell that he is so weary from this whole Mm -hmm. thing, you know? I mean, you do get a hint of what their childhood was like. If it was, I mean, because presumably his father is a lot like how his brother is at this point. And you can see how they are trauma bonded. Yeah. There's a lot of really good subtle stuff in this. Mm -hmm. There really is. Yeah, I agree. So then Becker shows up and things get real gross. And... It's just the force feeding of alcohol, and it's just, it's bad. And uh, they leave Ambar in her room. Presently, Maria and Petra knock on the door, and it's it's visually obvious that they also just had mm-hmm. a bad time with Becker. And they decide that they need to stick together, so they all, you know, stay in Ambar's room. I mean, at the time, I kind of felt like, well, this is just, you know, the story. But it kind of, it makes sense later when Petra starts talking about how she's been having these dreams about her son, but her son's changed somehow but and he's different but she still loves the dream and wants to stay there and then the stone box is also there and it's reflected because ambar's been having those dreams with her mom you know similarly like they're good dreams to her normally but they're starting to change and also the stone box is there okay so this next part i actually thought was really cool where ambar has a vision of all the women who have been killed in this house just lined up in the hallways Mm -hmm. oh this was so cool Oh, it was so creepy, but it was also, I, I don't know, maybe it was my own interpretation of it, but it almost seemed like the ghosts of everyone was oh, I trying think to definitely. warn them, like, get out the house. And it was such a cool scene. It was sad and it was scary. It was so effective. And the way they were, you know, mostly in shadow where the light was just falling on their silhouette, basically, 
So you just saw the outline of every woman mm-hmm. and those glowy, glowy eyes. And you just kind of see Ooh. the legacy of so violence, good. right? All of these women yeah. have been exploited by whether it's his father or or these brothers. Just this this history of violence is really an interesting way. It kind yeah. of reminded me a bit of uh, what was that? Hill Haunted on Hill House. What's the one? It's a remake and it has Catherine Zeta Jones. Have you seen this? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the haunting. I think it's yes, just the, the haunting. haunting and how like all the ghosts yeah. you kind of come to realize are maybe not that they're actually maybe not the antagonists you think that they're going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really mm-hmm. liked this scene, but it ends with Ambar waking up to Becker and Red dragging Petra and Maria away. And before, and so Becker tries to get Ambar out of the room and down the stairs, but the doorbell rings. So he throws her back in the room and locks the door. And it is somehow Beto who's mm. there looking for oh, Ambar. Beto. And Red answers the door. The scene door. is so I tense because you're like, come on, save her. I know. And if Red answers the door, he denies knowing Amber or knowing anybody who looks like her. And Beto's like, no, she called me. This is the address. And then he sees the coat that his wife gave her sitting in the hallway. And that's when he's like, no, that's her coat. That's her coat. And Ambar manages to smash her window and get Beto's attention and, you know, ask him for help. Beto manages to push his way into the house and he makes it to Ambar's door Ooh, where Becker this, beats this him to death. It's, oh. I mean, it's, you can't, it's when that audibly tooth, gruesome. Oh, and when that tooth, tooth under the, slides to, under the to door. To be on the other side, listening to him be, being beat to death. Because he was there oh. trying to save her. Oh, God. It's I fucking know. brutal. It's gross. And it's, it's so, so sad. sad. It's so heartbreaking. He came back early from a trip helping his son look for colleges to be beaten to death. Then that's yeah. a bad way to go. That's And the tooth. Oh, mm-hmm. The tooth. Nothing good is going to happen when the tooth so, rolls underneath the door. <laughs> no. It's a wrap. Oh. <laughs> that's the thing. Is like Even if the struggle ensues afterwards, mm-hmm. it's not at a good point. If a loose tooth is just shot under your doorway. It just speaks to the degree of the Only beating, bad things. right? You can be yeah. beat pretty brutally and, you know, it, internal injuries, all kinds of stuff. And those teeth are going to stay put. But for a tooth to come rolling under a door, that person's Ugh. face is wreck. It's mush. Mush. So. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was really correct. effective and gross and great great still, scene in a horror movie we're in sure. a standard really well executed haunted house film yes true we are at this point still in not a very well executed but pretty standard <laughs> i would not like to pause for a second change. at this point are you still going like okay rachel where's the turn okay okay yeah okay. i was <laughs> i was at this point and I, like i honestly i was like i'm in i'm enjoying this still but yeah it's still mm-hmm. you're pretty standard there's a bad basement in this building okay movie okay Okay. and there's ghosts maybe all right but it does start Mm -hmm. to turn here because this is when as becker puts it prepare the women (sighs) this is never (sighs) a good sign (laughs) that is not a sentence yeah we have now introduced human trafficking territory this is not good Mm -hmm. this is not good yeah and one of those one of the things that prepares them is being covered Mm -hmm. in the white dust that ambar has been finding so this is in this scene, Red gives his yes. villain speech, which again, we're like, okay, before Becker carries Ambar down into his basement, what what turns out to be a basement sacrifice Yeah, what do you altar. think when they got in there? 
I was not expecting a basement <laughs> sacrifice altar. <laughs> I will be, uh, I'll be frank. No, that was not neither. what I was expecting to walk into. It's so yeah, nicely it's pretty decorated. Cool. It's like got too. a bunch of artifacts and there's some, mm-hmm. there's some flower petals, mm-hmm. there's some candles. I was not expecting a full on, like their yeah. time was spent yeah. decorating this. And so Becker takes Ambar down there where he drags away Maria's headless body, which was also mm-hmm. a really cool effect. It was the body without the head. I mean, I've seen disembowelment in movies before, but what was interesting about this one is because he's dragging the body away by the ankles and the way the arms collapse around the mm-hmm. laps of head, you know? It was oh, really cool. It was actually really yeah. cool the way that yeah. effect was. It was really cool. And then he places Ambar in the altar and leaves her. And... Oh my god, the stone box uh-huh. starts to slide open. Oh, revealing an endless yep. tunnel. <laughs> oh my god. And the sound oh my of god. coming through. <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus. But in the nick of time, Beto somehow I was appears so and saves her. Slash, so like, she what? <laughs> I know. I was also like, there's no way. There's no way. But he's here, and they're getting away. Or so she thinks. Because then they escape into Ambar's mother's hospital room, where she sees herself sitting with her mom from within the box. Like, she is in the box that's in the corner, seeing herself with her mom. In reality, Ambar is in a trance in the basement as a... The vagina monster. <laughs> box. Ooh, so this is where we get into the design by Chris Redmond, and he has a real way with playing with the anatomy. That is, I've a fact. never that seen anything like this. The closest thing I've ever seen to this is the the child of Loki, which yeah. was amazing as well. But this but also like, has very much so, its own flavor. <laughs> It really does. So this is where this movie, like I said previously, it had started to turn as soon as I realized the basement was a sacrifice altar. And then this was where I was like, and now we are not even, that wasn't even left. Yeah. We are in a different field. We are in the parking lot of the field next door Correct. to the field that I thought I was in. Correct. And oh I had no God. idea. I went in completely cold to this movie. So when I first, right. So oh, when same. I first saw it, I was like, what are my eyeballs what? absorbing right now? Right. Where? Like, did another yes, movie start it's playing? Wild. <laughs> it, the turn that it takes is awesome. This is, it's rare for, I mean, I be, I am surprised by movies occasionally for sure, but it's very rare that I don't know a genre I'm in. And so for, to discover that right. this whole time I have been in this genre was a wild yeah. ride. Yeah. Because I thought we were no, in a no, haunted no, house. No, 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 no. We no. are in like a mythic no. creature. We are in yeah, folk horror. Correct, correct. Which I'm not mad at. There just happens to be side effect yeah. ghosts. But that's never no, where we were. We never were in a, in a haunted house. The whole time. No. No. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. So, in Ambar's mind, she's with her mom in the hospital room. And her mom's asking her to stay. And... Ambar refuses. And this is, I thought this was really interesting because of the way it's shot and the way it cuts back and forth between the hospital room and the basement is we're just getting the visual of this creature is controlling Ambar's memory and is trying to keep Ambar complacent and kind of just keep her in this spot, you know, while she vagina bites her head off. 
And, those teeth. Those ugh. teeth. But Ambar fights off her mom, and in the dream, which must have been horribly traumatic, fights off mm-hmm. her mom and kind of she does some smothering, you know, and some, you know, mm-hmm. and then and she when she successfully fights her mom off, she wakes up alone in the basement, and the creature is just finishing her retreat back into the box, closing the door. <gasps> oh, those hands closing that door behind her. Oh, I don't know why that was so creepy, but it was so creepy. When she first emerged and you just see the hands, I was like, all right, I've seen this before. Right, exactly. And then. And then the the head starts to emerge and you're like, okay, well, that's different. And then. The rest. The rest emerges and it's like, and that is something that has never existed until this very moment in time. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (sighs) So. I love it. From here, Ambar leaves the basement and she goes to kill Becker and Red and she goes into the off-limit study to grab what the I have now learned is the Aztec murder tool. Mm-hmm. And she gets her way back up to the room where the, the women were being prepared because Petra's still up there and a fight ensues. Ambar fights off Red and Becker and oh god. Becker stomps on Amber's ankle and shatters it. Oh, oh, <gasps> oh, 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 Why is this so bad? Oh, why so, is yes. it? Oh, breaking bones. And uh, it, I don't know if it's personal trauma because I've broken so many bones. But that's what happens whenever I see, especially the ones that aren't flesh protruding or it's just an internal, because I've mm-hmm. been there so many times that I'm like, I know what that is to feel your bones grinding around inside your skin. <gasps> Whenever you have an injury on screen where you feel it in your pelvic floor, <laughs> you know it's well done. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so while Am- oh god, this it really got me. That one got me real bad. Was watching him yeah. stomp on her ankle. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. So while all of that is happening, Petra manages to free herself and she tries to run, but Becker catches her and throws her over the railing into the landing on the bottom floor, which it was pretty clear it was a CGI effect. But the way they had her body land was so... I mean, I don't know. You know when people fall off things in movies and you're used to a limited number of positions that they put people in when they fall? And this was not one of them. This seemed like, yeah, that's that's how a body would land. You know? I don't know. Something mm-hmm. about it was way more realistic and mm-hmm. effective. Just, I, oh, God, it was... Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So Becker throws Petra over the railing and kills her, and then Ambar kills oh, Petra, him. Petra, dude. I, I feel so bad for her. I really was hoping she was going to make it. I really did, too. And she was such a fucking fighter, and she, like, she came yeah. so close. And, ugh. Yeah. Brutal. But then Ambar gets Becker, and that the effect of her cracking his head open with that, ugh. Oh. Oh. It was oh, good. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. Red, however, is still alive, and somehow Ambar, with a broken ankle, manages to get him just knocked out enough that she can drag him somehow. I mean, I'm willing to look over this because so much about this is so great. Yeah. Somehow. I, this is where it really stretches the, uh, yeah, you got to suspend some discipline. Yeah, yeah, I just accept it because with a fully broken ankle, she somehow managed to drag a fully grown man down several flights of stairs and into a basement and onto, lift him onto the altar. I'm willing to overlook it, it, but, you know, to sacrifice him to the vagina goddess, which happens. See it. It's amazing. 
And it is amazing how it lifts his head into it and then... And I know this is such a weird detail, but the, the fact that there's the altar where the person goes and then on either side, the pedestal for the for her feet so uh-huh. that she can squat over him. Yeah. Oh. It's specialized. It's specialized for her for anatomy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And you're right. It is so vaginal. It's so like vagina dentata, and then like the feet are on the stirrups. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we have fully assumed the position. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You scooted down to the edge uh, to the point where she feels like she's falling off, and there you go. Yep. And then. <laughs> So, having accomplished her revenge, Ambar goes to leave the house, but as she makes it to the door, oh, I totally glossed over this. The whole thing about the vagina monster is that it's revealed that Becker is sick somehow. Mm-hmm. And when he gives her sacrifices, he is healed for a time. Yes. And he, he keeps the chosen one. He keeps mm-hmm. talking about how he only needs a few more and then he'll be healthy, you know? And Sure. I'm sure she's coming oh, yeah. right off the hook. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's just it's 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 an actual like it's just a list. It's just a quota you gotta fill and then she'll be like, All mm-hmm. right, you're good. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go back into my box and I'll wait for the next person. Yep. So as Ambar's leaving the house, very suddenly her ankle just magically fixes itself Whoop. and uh oh. And that's the end of the movie. Yep. She has her hand on the door. And then she hears the call. And then in an excellent touch, we see the ghost of Red. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, yeah. Part. I forgot about that part where Ooh, we see him. Lo- yes. And he just looks at her and you're like, <laughs> like welcome. <laughs> gotcha, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's the ultimate revenge is that he's now trapped in the house with all the women that he either murdered, helped murder, or witnessed murdered. That he lured into their home. Yeah. And the legacy mm-hmm. of women that his parents murdered. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Such great justice. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So do you want to know the why the why the moths? Why the moths? Okay. So the reason I know that this is based on Aztec religion is because the creature in the basement is, it's a papalotl, who is an Aztec goddess. And that word means one of two things obsidian butterfly or clawed butterfly and it's most likely the latter name because she is frequently depicted also with bat wings and she rules over the paradise that you can get to through sacrifice oh wow yeah (laughs) so that's why i was saying at the jump i'm so glad that we did not appropriate this goddess and then have a bunch of white people trying to to, you know, like defeat her or something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But instead it's a person who, you know, is of that, you know, cultural descent. Yeah. It's nice. It's just, it's something that unfortunately doesn't happen a lot of times in movies. It's such a cool mythology. And when I found out it was a real goddess, I was like, I I already really loved that, that the, the creature or, you know, as I was thinking of it previously, but to find out it's based on an actual goddess it's so rad. Yeah, and I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I was expecting you to be like, it means one of two things, either obsidian butterfly or vagina monster. And I was like, and then as soon as you said quad butterfly, and I was like, yeah, duh, Mars, why would they be like, oh, well, that's our goddess of the vagina monster? Like, duh, why would, no, stop. I don't know why. Like, it fully, I fully expected you were to say vagina monster, sorry. I mean, she is a vagina monster, for sure. And I mean that with the utmost respect. 
(laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so, so that's, that's the deal with she's specifically associated with this, with a a particular moth or butterfly. It's called the Rothschildia Orizaba, which is of the family of Saturnidae. And it looks like it's, it's actually, let me send you a picture of this moth. It's actually really beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's pink and orange and brown. Ooh. Isn't it pretty? Oh. I love moths. I really do. I know we already ranted about them, but like I really like moths. They have the prettiness of butterflies, but and but they're fuzzy. But they're fuzzy. But they're fuzzy. And I love ones like this that have the big fuzzy antenna. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love them. And they do the little tippy tap with their big fuzzy antennas. (laughs) They're so cute. I love moths. I do too. Okay, we are we are a friend of Moth Nation here, okay? Just so you know, if you want to hang out with us, you have to respect Moth Nation because you don't moth. Pro moth. This is a pro moth podcast. All right, Marzi, what did you think now that you're literally my only friend I have been able to get to watch this movie? What did you think of No One Gets Out Alive? I I mean, I really liked it a lot. I just didn't know how much I liked it until the last 20 minutes mm-hmm. of this movie. Because mm-hmm. leading up to this, yeah, as we've said several times before, it's a pretty standard haunted house movie. Yeah. It's effective. Absolutely. There's nothing yeah. that happens where I'm like, oh, I've seen this a million times. It's just sort it's of- bad use of my time but it's not like oh you gotta watch this yeah it's not like an innovative like i'm seeing new new things or new effects or new scares mm-hmm. or whatever new you know plot twists or new usages of of things you know it's pretty standard but it's effective yeah. it's visually really mm-hmm. good i think the acting is really good across the board even you know freya with her like yeah don't believe it's bullshit it's like oh uh, that does not sound like the sentence a woman who doesn't speak english would be able to say nope Cool. I really liked this movie, but I think up until the end where we find out, like you're saying, it turns out we were never in a haunted house movie. We were in a folk horror movie the whole time. Until that point, I was kind of like, this is maybe a couple points above average. Like it would be like something that'd be like, yeah, it was good, you know, but that ending, Mm -hmm. that reveal, and because it's not Mm -hmm. even just a reveal of the monster, it's a reveal to us of guess what? Yep. You were never where you thought you were. No, you were not. And I loved no, that. Oh, it was so good. And I love, I also yep. love, yep. I think it was necessary in order to have that reveal be as effective as it was. But I really appreciate that we never have the Ambar goes to a library to research this. No, scene. no, you know? no, one, there was no faux Googling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, oh, cause I hate those scenes and I understand sometimes you need them or whatever. You can't find another way to get that information in without the, the, I went to a library and used a search engine scene, but I'm just really glad that that wasn't in here. I'm glad that mm-hmm. it came so out of left field because it was just sort of the experience of this woman who found a room in this really creepy house, trying to get out of this house, unfortunately returned to the house kind of thing. And then folk horror ensues. Mm-hmm. But oh, I really liked it a lot. I'm so glad. I really liked it too. And I was kind of surprised more people were not talking about it last year. And I think it comes down to the fact that there is a large portion of this movie that is pretty standard. I think it is, like you said, an above average version of a very particular common film. But that freaking ending, dude, I can only think that people dipped out before the end because... They're like, I've seen this before. Because, okay, let's watch historically what happened when Teeth came out. 
that's why I'm confused why nobody talks about this because yes. that like the ass the vagina I didn't mean to say the ass vagina I was trying <laughs> to say the aspect and then I changed my sentence but I unfortunately yes, yes. didn't finish the word aspect no uh, <laughs> so the, again we thought we were in one sentence but turns out we were in a whole other sentence <laughs> so the ass vagina of it all is that no um, so the vagina monster aspect of it alone says to me that like I, I'm confused why this hasn't come up and more of like oh my god have you seen this movie you know and so I'm really glad that i picked it randomly and that it turned out to be one that you're like thank god someone else is gonna watch this yes 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 because i thought it was so interesting ultimately it was so interesting but and of all the people i wanted to see it it was you because you share my love of the ritual oh and i was like there's major connections to that but i also couldn't tell you that when i was describing the movie because it might have given something away it would have. It definitely would have. If you had told me it was in any way, you know, connected yeah. to the ritual, then Your I would have gone, gone, gone to that place. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I was just like, so it's a, it's a haunted house, kind of, and uh, go some places. Yeah. <laughs> Very vague. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I think the only thing I would add to what you were saying is the other thing is just how much I really love the main character. I think that I do too. is often something that these kinds of movies are lacking because it does kind of feel like a middle of the road sort of haunted film. But I was always invested because of the mystery and because of Amber. And then to have that kind of shock of an ending was such a fun roller coaster ride. I yeah, I really liked this movie quite a bit and I'm so delighted that I wasn't, you know, like sometimes you like something you're like, Oh, was it really good or did I just like it? So to hear you liked it too is just confirmation that I'm not crazy, that this is good. No, you're not. It's good. And even aside from your standard haunted house movie structure in the beginning and the twist in the end, mm -hmm. visually, it's yeah. it looks really good. The timing of the you know plot events is really good. You know, the fact that we get so much of Ambar's background and what she's going mm -hmm. through without doing the super explanatory. You know, like we got the scene where she's at a bar with her friend, but all she does is talk about why she needs a Texas ID. She doesn't, yeah. you know, or she talks to Beto about her mom, but it's not the super exposition heavy, like mm -mm. when I was a kid, you know, it translated the things that Ambar was faced with without being like, you're too dumb to figure this out. Mm hmm. I feel like so much of this movie, aside from the really shockingly obvious things that are about this movie, but there's so many more things about this movie. Like where you were talking about, you know, Red only gets a couple of those speeches, but we get so much more out of them. Yeah. And I truly do believe that he wishes she hadn't called. And mm -hmm. I truly do believe that he wanted to give her the deposit back, even though Becker didn't want her to, because obviously Becker wanted her to stay so he could sacrifice her. But I truly do believe that Red went against his brother to give her the deposit to let her out because, you know, he gives that whole thing where he's like, it's too many. We don't need to do this many tonight. Yeah. And he's tired of watching his yeah. parents do this. He's tired of helping his brother do this. And, you know, and there was so much character without it yes. being in your face. I'm going to give you my backstory speech right now. There's a nuance to that character. Yeah. And there's almost a version of this movie where he's your main character and he's sort of this conflicted brother who is dealing with this moralistic decision about keep protecting his brother and and keeping him healthy even though he's like opposed to how it's done there's a movie out that came out last year called my heart won't beat unless you tell it to about a similar situation except for the, the sibling is a vampire right they have to keep giving this frail 
sibling blood, but it means killing people. And so there's a version of this where you could almost see yourself following Red because he actually has layers to his character, which is something you don't necessarily expect in a movie like this. I think his brother feels like a stock character that would definitely belong in a movie like this. He's very one-dimensional, all evil, all the time. Whereas Red, complex. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's an interesting choice and an interesting performance. I'm impressed by the end, but there's so much more to this movie that I can't imagine anyone tapping out before the end. So I just imagine nobody... Because, I mean, I'll be honest, thumbnail picture and description on Netflix... Not great at drawing. Not great. It just sounds like, okay, well, this is just another. I've seen this before. It's just another scary movie, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that's why I kind of just put it on the back burner for so long and didn't watch it until I brought it up. And you were so excited about someone else finally watching. (laughs) And that's the only reason. Again, I think it's just marketing or something because more people should be watching this movie. It was good. It was so good. Oh, I'm so glad. Yay. Okay, good, 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 good. One last thing I would say, if you haven't already gone, although you've seen this twice, you probably have seen it. But if this was a first watch to watch this prior to this movie, go back and just watch the opening credit scene where you're seeing the excavation of the box. There's actually a lot of little cool Easter eggs in there. You'll see if you pay close attention, you'll see some of the bodies are like missing heads and stuff like that. <gasps> oh, okay. I'll go. Yeah. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. It's the, like 30 that. seconds, you know, but it's totally worth taking a look at. Because it's pretty cool. I watched this a couple of times. And right. every time after the first time, I kind of just glossed over the beginning. Because I was totally. like, I get it. It's just, you know, it's just our footage right. of our archaeologists. Well, you, you think know. it's just the box. That's the most important thing that in that scene. It, it's clever because it does seed in a lot of stuff that matters later. But it's done in a way that you're not really paying. It's like all in front of you right there. But it's hiding in plain sight. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and watch it then. Oh, it's pretty my gosh. Cool. It's pretty cool. All right. So if you were going to watch this again, say... You know, when you go back to watch the opening scene, what would you drink with it? A really dark rum. Rum? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. I just, there's something about this one makes me feel like it's a dark, spicy liquor. No mm, mixer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. ice. We're just sipping slowly. I don't know okay. why, but that's my instinct. If it's like you start out sipping this dark, spicy rum. And then eventually at the end, you're like, how do we get here? <laughs> I don't, nice. I don't remember how we got here, but now we're here. <laughs> All right. I like it. I would do that. Or maybe like a really smoky mezcal. Oh, yeah. No, that's, I changed my answer to yours. Yes. Yeah. Now I really want some. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a Paloma with mezcal? No. Oh, it's so good. Because it's grapefruit juice, grapefruit soda, and mezcal. Oh my God, that sounds so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. So we don't have any listener feedback this time, but you're always welcome to drop us a line at rachelzombiegirls.com, or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcast Plural. And if you're loving the show, Please do us a solid and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your pods. And recently, Spotify has started to allow star reviews. So if you listen to us on Spotify, if you wouldn't mind, just go in there and give us that little five-star rating. That would be amazing. And uh, if you're looking for something spooky to watch and you've already watched this one, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at Zombie Girls. That's G-R-R-L-Z. Dot com. We keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on streaming, on video on demand, digital release, those fancy pants premium VODs, which hopefully Scream will be out on soon. 
yeah, so check that out. And if you are looking for, you know, some flossy new gear to be looking extra hot in 2022, then check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. Pick yourself up a sweet t-shirt. I'm telling you, I, I still love our Scream Queens logo. I think it is so cool. And not just because you're on it, Mars, but if you're cool, you're going to need one of those. All right. And then last but not least, if you love us and you really want to support us, the best way to do that is by supporting us on Patreon. And if you do, you get all kinds of cool perks. You can hang out on the Discord server with us and chit chat at like literally every day. You get extended episodes on every show on the network, bonus content. We have some really, really cool stuff coming up in 2022. In fact, one of the things we're going to be talking today on the extended episode is Mars and I are going to do a little brainstorming, come up with some cool ideas you can get a sneak peek behind the curtain of stuff that's coming up and like how it all works. So do that. Check us out. Check out patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. And that just leaves what we're doing for the next episode. All right. So I originally had a different movie planned for this, but based on our conversation, I feel like you need some more Mark Minchaka in your life. So we're going to do another movie that I could not get anybody else to watch because oh. <laughs> I need someone to talk to about it. See? And it is a very different kind of movie i got i got a tab to pay so here we go i mean hopefully this will be it will be a it won't be bad this isn't like a punishment it will hopefully just be like you know you'll have a good time is my hope um and that well good time hmm. <laughs> we'll see. okay so the movie is called alone and i mentioned it briefly at the earlier in the in the show but I'm here's really- the so scared about this because you said it takes place in oregon and i live I in oregon so. <laughs> i think it starts in portland Great. I think. And it's largely just in the woods. Okay. So a recently widowed traveler is kidnapped by a... Oh, wait. This is actually more spoilery than I want. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Let me find a different synopsis. Okay. I'm just going to give you my own synopsis. Okay. So a recently widowed woman goes on a road trip. And as she's going on this road trip, she runs across someone who becomes increasingly threatening and it is largely a two-person movie of cat and mouse okay and uh. he is the cat <laughs> and he is terrifying oh, so okay, yeah. Okay. yeah what do you think are you into it yeah i mean this is like real life nightmares for me of being you know stalked or whatever like oh uh, yeah or mm-hmm. even just alone it's like just me and this other person this could go down Anyway. Yep. Yep. And now add to that isolation. Mm. Yeah. Yep. 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 So this is available on Hulu. You can stream it there. So hopefully everybody out there has got that Hulu. Like I said, this is the one that when I saw it, I was like, this is good. And then everything else cut in line for everybody else. So they never got back to this. So I get another twofer because I'm going to get you to watch it so we can talk about it. And because Ariel edits this podcast, she's going to have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Ariel, but also not sorry, because I think you're going to think this is really interesting. And you also live in Oregon, so <laughs> you're welcome. We all get to be terrified. <laughs> yeah, the neighborhood that she's in at the beginning, I remember thinking it looked like sort of the industrial area where the, that amazing sandwich shop was that you sent me to. That had those amazing Cuban sandwiches. <gasps> That's what it bunks. looked like to me. Oh, I god. forgot about bunks. Oh my god, how could you forget about bunks? I think about bunks like once a week. Oh my god, those sandwiches still. Oh my to god, this I day. want a Cuban sandwich so bad right now. <sighs> There's, I don't know how. 
I do not know how. Best sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. Across the board. It's not even like, oh, they have the best yeah. whatever specific sandwich. I think it might be the bread or the way they took I don't know. I, uh, I'm so glad you went. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> you know, I, I live for an excellent sandwich. Like my, my quest in life, like some people want enlightenment. Some people want to help others. I just want to find the best sandwich. I was getting desperate when I was describing this to you before you went because I was like, mm-hmm. I can't describe how badly you need to go here. It's so wrong. Like I told you, this was my early 20s. I would wake up in the morning hungover as fuck because I drank like a 20 year old. And I would go and stand in the line that wrapped around the corner to get those sandwiches because it was the only thing that my hangover craved. My hangover demon was like, Mm. feed me a bunk sandwich and I will leave you alone for the rest of this day. And I was like, all right, we're doing it. I'm driving in the haze and I'm going to bunks and I'm parking illegally in the bank parking lot across the street and I'm getting a bunk sandwich. I cannot wait till it's safe to travel again and you visit me because I want to now return the favor and and introduce you to my local Cuban sandwich. It's insane. I cannot express how much I love Cuban sandwich. It's the best sandwich. It's, it's the best the, sandwich. It's, it's actually the best sandwich. It's, it's There's just, a lot of excellent sandwiches, but it is at the tippy, tippy, tippy top. It is It is just the best sandwich. I challenge you to find me a better sandwich. Literally, please, if there's a better sandwich than a Cubano, I need to know. Yeah. Because I've never had one. Because it does not exist. There are some amazing, like an excellent turkey sandwich made with actual real roasted turkey is really high up there. Yeah, and like on the but cake bread with like the, mm. the, the deli dressing kind of. Yeah, 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 100%. Ooh, so baby. good. But a Cubano. <sighs> in the place that I get it from, they make their own pickles. Oh, my just God. A little, just a little tiny bit sweet. They're not the full bread and butter gross ones, but there's a hint of sweetness. Oh, my With God. all that savory goodness. Oh, holy fuck, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth is like, I'm like trying not to drool. I'm like, <laughs> it sounds so good. Fortunately, it's closed, so I can't go get one right now. Okay. Anyway, so for those of you at home playing along, check out Alone. And I want to be clear because there is another movie that came out this same month in 2020 called Alone. It is not that terrible movie. It's this good one. I'll give you some just sort of details about it so that you can research it. It is directed by John Hyman's. Hyman. Hyman that sounds bad. It's, it's H-Y-Y-M-S. Let's go with Hyams. It's H-Y-A-M-S. It sounds like Hyman's, right? H-Y-A-M-S? Yeah. Hyams. Hyams? Hyams. Hyams. Okay. 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 <laughs> this is like, oh, what was the one we watched about the vampires that lived in the peat moss? Or no, no, no. I'm thinking of Golem. When I was like, oh, I didn't see a vagina at all. And you're like, I see vaginas everywhere. And that's all that <laughs> popped into my head just now was that quote from Michael. I do. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay. John Hyams. Yeah, Hyams. Hyams. John Hyams. Hyams. Hi, John. So directed by John Hyams. <laughs> Producer Randy is shaking his head in the background. Right <laughs> and it stars... Mark Menchaca, and it also stars Jules Wilcox. And it has a picture of someone's driving and a woman looking in the rearview mirror at lights behind her. So that's the one you want. I just don't want you to fall into the other weird, like, I think it's like some weird zombie move or something. It's not good. Don't do it. This is the one you want. Okay. Enough of that. I can't wait to do the 
<laughs> background research on this one <laughs> and do this all over again because my brain only wants to say hymens. Yeah, okay. I'm hearing that happen. <laughs> 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 oh god all right so unless you are sticking around for the extended episode where we're going to be talking about a few more interesting aztec gods as well as coming up with some plans for 2022 that is it for us today so on that note mars why don't you take us out thanks for listening everyone we super appreciate you and uh go watch alone the correct one on the one Hulu. by Hyman. The yeah. one by Hyman on Hulu. Hyman <laughs> on Hulu. See, alliteration. That's all you remember. And uh, we'll catch you next time when we're talking about it. Good night, folks. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I don't know why my brain wants it to be Hyman. I, I, it's just like flipping. I'm having, I don't have dyslexia, but I now understand how it works. But it's happening to you. It's if like it, situational dyslexia. If it is too vaginal adjacent, my brain's just like, nope, nope, we're taking over. <laughs> no, this is definitely a vaginally related word. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for the show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about super rad Aztec gods because, you know, unlike a lot of other cultural sort of folklore, I feel like I know the least. Well, not the least, but I know very little about like Mesoamerican folklore. Just enough to be like, I'm into it. It's cool, and I think I want to know more. How about you? Are you familiar with it at all? Uh, vaguely, but it's always like. It's so interesting, mm -hmm. all of that, because it's like the idea of a whole culture of people worshiping these, you know, gods and goddesses that were like, oh, yeah, we have to murder people to keep them happy. And we love that. Like, I'm so interested in in that. And like, just depictions of them are so creative and beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm definitely like, it's one of those things that I wish I knew more about. Have I recommended the anime? Um, yes, you have. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll recommend just, it again for people in the audience. There is this one. There's only one season, and I don't think it's coming back, sadly. But it does have a complete story. It just leaves in a place where it could move. It could go on to more story, and I really wanted to see where it went. But it's called uh, Onyx Equinox, and the whole thing is based in, like, Olmec um, like, uh, mythology, which is, you know, like, Aztec, Olmec, and Incas are, like, that part of the world yeah and i like you'd suggested it to me but i think it wasn't streaming anywhere yeah i think maybe. it's only on Crunchyroll. Ah. i think it was a Crunchyroll original um so i don't know if you like at some point if you're like i need to watch a bunch of anime and i'm gonna do a free trial like there's i don't know eight episodes so you could burn through it really quickly Ooh, but okay yeah that's but the art style is amazing and yeah. like, it is very in keeping with the creature in um in no one, no one gets, gets all it yes like that creature looks like it could easily be in the anime because it's the same kind of like playing with um and i think it comes from like temple drawings right but like playing with anatomy and like having mouths where they don't belong and giant teeth and just like these huge headdresses and stuff oh my god it's an amazing looking show very very 
very, very gory. Yeah, <laughs> so rem- keep that in mind. I remember you were, you sent me some pictures from it, but you were you were like, oh, I just can't find the one. There's this really scary image of something, uh-huh. and you couldn't find the right one. But like, I'm interested. Anyway, that's my plug that I said I wasn't going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so Mesoamerican gods and monsters to haunt your nightmares. So in the movie we just watched, we saw it's a papalotl. But what other members of the Aztec pantheon of gods and monsters would make uh, great silver screen creatures? We've dug up the gory details on five entities we hope aren't listening right now. Oh, tough luck. They're always listening. They are always listening. And they're like, learn how to pronounce my name, bitch. That's the thing is I'm like, (laughs) I feel so bad because I see these words. I'm like, that is... All 27 letters, and some of them are repeated. I the good news this. is you probably can't accidentally summon them because you can't pronounce their names. Oh, I guess, yeah, a silver lining. I guess that's true. I can't yeah. properly say their names, which means I will never accidentally summon them. That's good. Correct. No, I Correct. feel safer. <laughs> whoever named them was thinking ahead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you to whoever mm-hmm. did that. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So this first one up is Awitzolotl. I think a lotl is going to be um, a frequent. No, actually, that's the last one. You think Just a kidding. Lotl, think a, a lotl's <laughs> think not going to be a lotl of them. You think it'll be a lotl of the lotl? Oh my god! <laughs> I hate us. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I need to warn you right now. I switched to a mug of wine. Yes, I love Wine Drunk Mars. Wine Drunk Mars is middle of the night. Drunk Mars when everybody, all the other wimps wimps have gone to bed and it's just you and me like white knuckling it till dawn and it's like hey you want to kind of watch the b movie (laughs) (laughs) that's good shit when when we have matching purple teeth that's when you know we are having a good fucking time also nobody else has been able to hang (laughs) and then we go to bed i'm like all right i'll see you at noon tomorrow sounds good (laughs) night (laughs) 